Yeah, I think it's the speed that's the problem. I think it's the speed because I think um, most people have said, or celebrities have said things that are a little bit racist, or and then they issue their apology and they're just fine. They're, they're able to bounce back. Whereas I think it all happened overnight for him. He got cancelled so quickly, 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 quickly. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's podcast. I am DJ Golden Child, the founder of the Otto Brown. And I believe this is episode five and we are still going. Remember to like and subscribe if you are feeling this on all our social media platforms. I'm going to hand over to the guy, the host, Al. Yeah, it's Al here, Self-Confessed Audio Geek. And we are doing episode five in association with Set Surf. The Set Surf provide mineral-based sunscreen, and why is that important? Do you ask? That is because they intentionally don't use all those horrible, nasty chemicals that harm your skin. Uh, they make sure that what their mineral-based sunscreen doesn't harm ocean life, and they make sure that it's suitable for all skin types, including your children. So, for athletes who train outdoors, it's particularly good for you because obviously it doesn't run into your eyes. And if you want to find out some more information about that, go and check them out. Their website is www.setsurf.com. That's S-E-T-T-S-U-R-F.com. Or go and check them out on their socials. They've got the same social handle for everything. And it's at setsurf. That's at S-E-T-T-S-U-R-F. Right, okay. So I'm here with Chris. Chris, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Also joining me is Danny. Danny, how I'm are good, you? thank you. And we also have a guest, so make some noise for Sade, who's debuting on our pod today. Hello, Sade. Sade. <laughs> hey, how are you? All good, all good. So, episode four, the episode before what we did today, we talked about the curse of genius. We talked about Kanye West and Amy Winehouse and how genius is so clearly linked to things like addiction and mental health issues we talked about Wiley who unfortunately made some really really awful tweets and a lot's happened with him since then um David Whiteley aka Sideman has um also had his uh made the news for different purposes and Dawn Butler an MP a black MP has made the has made the news for separate issues as well so who wants to kick us off with those those new bits of news well I, I'll, I'll kick us off Al because obviously the white, the Wiley thing, is what's concerned me a little bit. Nah, obviously, what Wiley said, I don't condone. I think what he done was absolutely wrong. I do understand it may have come from a place of frustration with certain things, but he generalized the whole community and race, which I thought was wrong. But the way he has been treated by some social media platforms I think it's a little bit unfair and unjust. Now getting banned But you argue all social media platforms really. Yeah, I not think some yeah, pretty much all of them. I think it's a, I think it's unjust and unfair. I think getting banned from Twitter is fair enough. That is their policy. They've always done it. Now the quickness of how he's been banned I question because there's other people like Katie Hopkins, Tommy Robinson um, the president of the United States, who say very borderline and racist stuff, and have not had 
the same heat. Well, not 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 borderline. He said in 2015, uh, Mexicans are rapists and bring crime and drugs well, to the US. There, so, there you go. Not so much nah. borderline, but exactly racist. So, right. This is the thing. And I'm not, before everyone starts saying, oh, you guys, we're always saying about colour. I'm not saying it's because Wiley's black. I'm saying it maybe because it's who he is and where he fits in the class system. Nah. Donald Trump is not going to get banned from anywhere because he's the most powerful man in the world. That's not fair. But the one that upsets me the most and makes me feel uncomfortable is how he's been kicked off of YouTube. Like, for me, I'm like, he didn't do anything on that platform to warrant getting to getting banned. Then getting banned from TikTok as well. And I'm thinking, like, these are US-run companies. So, but then your president can say what he wants and you're not going to ban him. Like, I don't know. All I'm trying to say is keep the same energy up, innit? Like, when someone else messes up, just keep the same energy for everyone. That's that's where I want to start on that that bit there. I just feel that's a little bit unfair doing that to him. I totally agree with you on that. And I think um, some of the points he's made about who he was talking about, maybe it just goes to show the power that they have of, like, the rapidness of what's happened to him. I... I had um, I was reading today that they want to strip him of his MBE as well, and I think that's a little bit out of order, seeing as he earned that and deserved it and got it. Why why should they strip it? I think they're trying to make a um what's the word? They're trying to make an example out of him, and I don't think that's fair. Um, especially when there's other people in the world that are a lot worse. But I do I don't agree with anything he said. Um, but I do. I don't think he should have got the treatment he's got. Well, some will argue that some of the points he, he raised in his little rant is actually correct. Some some are arguing that. Now, no one agrees with... He said, he, he, yeah, he said that his biggest error was generalising a race of people when actually what he should have said and what he meant was it was the Jewish community within the music industry of where he's been... Um, particularly not being treated well. And that was his argument. Um, and he said it himself, yeah, I probably shouldn't generalise an entire race for that. Um, and I think you've got a point there, Greg, in a sense of if he himself has said that the Jewish community of, who own uh, a large corporations within the uh, music industry, if he has fallen foul of them and been removed from pretty much every social media platform there is that quickly, um I think, yeah, I, I can't argue against his point being made true, really. But it's just the yeah, speed of how it's happened, though. It's the speed. Yeah, what I think it's the they? speed that's the problem. I think it's the speed because I think um, most people have said, or celebrities have said things that are a little bit racist, or, and then they issue their apology and they're just fine. They're, they're able to bounce back. Whereas I think it all happened overnight for him. He got cancelled so quickly that there was even though he did say, oh, you know, my bad, I shouldn't have generalised, it's kind of ignored and it's still gone on and it's still going on, which I think is quite weird how quickly they've responded. But like you said, um, Greg, other people have gotten away with it for a lot longer yeah. and done a lot more. And, and, and that's, that's the issue. I mean, we talked about this, I think I might have mentioned it on episode four, and I said, um, I believe that he was the, the scapegoat for Black Lives Matter. I do believe that for a long period of time, people are getting fed up of seeing it. 
people were being fed up of being asked to challenge their own white privilege. People were being fed up of seeing black people um, campaigning. And there was an outcry for the first black person that was going to was going to do something silly. Yeah, 100%. And that person was going to get it, was going to yeah. get all of that frustration from those people who aren't happy with the Black Lives Matter movement. And they would have, that person would, would get the full force of their, the brunt. And unfortunately for him, um, he attacked what he claims himself is quite a powerful community. So unfortunately for him, he's fallen foul of that. And I think, I think all that frustration around the Black Lives Matter movement has prompted his... You know, so for example, we talk about Katie Hopkins. She's only now, in 2020, been banned from Twitter. Only now, there are a catalogue of misdemeanors that she's had, from, you know, poking fun at Black Lives Matter movement to um, the belittling Stormzy when he talked about Britain being racist, um, from inciting racial hatred himself. Herself, when the Manchester bombs happened, she tweeted something about finding a final solution to deal with the Muslim problem and all and Muslim tech, all this sort of stuff. Well, and she's it's only racist. 2020. She's now lost her ability to, to, to tweet on Twitter, whereas Wiley lost it in a record of like four days. Well, and the funny thing um, is as well, I feel like the, um, the UK social media network accept her. They just tolerate her. They, they tolerate Katie Hopkins. Like she gets, she just mm. gets a pass. Do you know what I mean? Like, no one's saying no one has come out and agreed with what Wiley has said. But I think there's a lot of people, like, lifting their heads up, like, rah, that, that was quick. Like, boy, they Usain bolted him out of there. Do you know what I mean? Like, Chris, what are you saying? And, yeah. and, and, and undercover, undercover as well, because no one really noticed it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I have to kind of question, since when was Wiley that influential? Like, no one really, everyone, when he goes on his little rants, people just say, oh, mental health, or they say some kind of label... He's having some kind of breakdown. Someone go check on him. And most of the time, people dismiss what he says. So I'm wondering why now this one caught so much attention so quickly. So yeah, so Chris, what do you do? So where do you sit with this, Chris? Do you think he's the scapegoat for a lot of people's frustrations, or it's justified uh, having him? Right. If if I'm honest, banned? like you, you, if you look at what he's done objectively, and you compare it to a similar instance from similar, you know high-level profile celebrities or whatever, like, there is definitely double standards there. I think as a society, we definitely have less tolerance for people that aren't white being racist than white people being racist. And that's that's probably evident in, in everything. Like, Donald Trump does it and go, oh, he's mad or he's stupid. And you go, no, hang on, he's, he's racist. Like, that's it. Like the it's the, the language that people use to describe him. Katie Hopkins, like people will describe her as like a bitch and and the rest of it, or like you know stuck up middle class. But they won't necessarily they'll say she's racist, but that's not the first thing that comes to mind. And obviously with yeah. Wiley, like he's he's very well known for for getting up in his feelings and going on rants. Um, not to this extent, but he's he's always like he's all he's always done it, hasn't he? Like it's not always been this this topic, but whether he's picking a fight with Dizzy Rascal or he's, you know, he's having a go at he's having a go at Stormzy, you know, to try and create some some clout for an album which he still hasn't dropped. Like he's always he's always been a little bit active like that, but this is the first time he's really gone at some, and he, and he has gone too far. Like whether he whether he actually means it or not, or whether he said what he meant, 
I don't know, but what he said was outrageous. And if you're going to deal with it as a standalone incident, then yeah, he does deserve to be punished for it. But being banned from everything when he ha- hasn't used those platforms does kind of be like, well, are you are all these platforms in cahoot? Like, are they all being run by the same people? Which kind of goes like Greg said with what he was saying. Like, so they're being run by the same people. Just have the same people been offended and had a word with their mate and gone, listen, shut him down. So he can't make any money. Um, actually, he also has dropped his album. It actually came out on the twenty second of June. It's on Spotify. He's not been cancelled from Spotify cool. yet. But... Spotify is Swedish, though. I think if I'm if I'm correct. Oh, is it? So, yeah, but YouTube's YouTube's, well, YouTube's American. To, Twitter's American. They still it's owned by Facebook. But his album has not so done numbers, is it? This 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 is it. It's not it's not done numbers. Like he was reaching for the longest time. The whole Stormzy thing. He was trying to create clout for that. It was like. Uh, 500 like 500,000 likes and I'll drop this track or whatever and he just wasn't getting it so he's just gone back into himself and he does clearly need some help and he doesn't seem like the sort of person that's going to take someone calling him up and going look Wiley come on man settle down what what is this what Actually, is this don't, don't do that he's dropped two albums very close together because he dropped The Godfather 3 which is one I heard which I didn't really enjoy that was very yeah. grime or that dropped on the 5th of June and then the other one's sort of gone under the radar, which was Bosey, Bosey Gang, which dropped on June 22nd, which I didn't even know about. But I'll have a listen to that later. He just, he, yeah, he just, he, there's, there's definitely, like you said, Greg, there's definitely class standards. Like, he, he has been treated differently. Um, it'd be interesting to see what he says when he's, init- when he's not banned, how he, how he conducts himself. Because he does not have an obligation not just to himself, but to his family and, and to the, the scene as well. Like people, There is a large percentage of the population that will see how he's acting and will stereotype and say that that's, that's what all grime artists are like. Mm. Chris, and I think then that's a great point you just made. That's a great point you just made. He has, definitely has a responsibility to... You, you can't to say you're the godfather of grime and then be acting like that. That's like that's like acknowledging you're the captain of a team and then just going and the two footing someone in the second minute and getting yourself recorded. Like, you, regardless of how you feel, you've got an obligation to sort of conduct yourself in a certain way. I'm not saying you've got to kiss ass, but like, be smart about it. What he, nothing nothing about what he did his was smart. angle on it. But his angle on it is, I've sacrificed myself so you lot can see what really is happening in this industry. That's his angle. His angle is, I went that far. To sacrifice myself so you lot could see nah, what I'm talking about. He's not forcing he's not forcing change. That presumably his angle is this is what I think is going on. I think these people are controlling things and I've been spun or whatever. Like I want to change it for me and other or other people. What he's done has not affected changing any of that. All it's done is taken the attention away from his his angle and put it all on him. Well, let's like, see, it's not let's what see. he's done is not worked. Well, let's see how, how strong the, the scene is, isn't it? Because I was saying to my brothers and sisters yesterday that if, if this was, if I was in this situation, there's a positive out of every negative. So I'd be thinking, all right, I'm going to start my own video platform then. Now, if the scene are all behind him, why doesn't he launch his own sort of version of, of YouTube? And see what happens because YouTube have no competition. <laughs> but let's 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 be honest. The scene, the scene is, is still a business. Then they're still not that loyal. Like they right. come up all all wicked and bad. And Stormzy still goes and does pop out pop tracks with Ed Sheeran. And AJ Tracy has gone and started doing, God knows what he's doing. 
but do you know what I mean? Like they're all going off and making money doing things that they clearly weren't That's coming up commercially doing. viable. That's commercially viable. They all do well, it. We've, we've seen this. We've seen this with Tidal, haven't we? So I remember when I first got Tidal, I thought, bruv, this is a dead platform. It's not really what I'm used to with Spotify because I was one of the earlier docs to Spotify because back in the day you had to have an invite and it was my, my cousin sent me an invite to use it. You know, that's what it was back in the day. So I've always used it. And then when I got Tidal, I got it purely for the Kanye West album um, that came out, The Life of Pablo. And I just wasn't impressed with it. But then when I when you look back at it, you think, actually, this is a platform created by and funded by Jay-Z, Beyonce, and a lot of other black artists to challenge this sort of thing. Um, and it's only really occurred to me now, looking back at it, um, you know, when we talk about this concept of promoting black businesses and, and being, you know, that sort of thing. Um, that was probably the opportunity to do it, really. But I think Tidal are doing well anyway. Well, Jay-Z's but had to put his album another, on to, to see, Yeah, I mean, but to see another space, another platform for another video slash audio platform, um, I think he would struggle. I think you'd struggle doing that now. But I see your point, though. Maybe yeah, but YouTube are unchallenged, bruv. Normally, um, there's there's room for two, two like, rivals, in it. That's always been the case. But YouTube are... They're unchallenged because the people that that will produce the content will be encouraged to be with YouTube. So ultimately, you're, you're, if you start a new platform, you, you know, you're going to have to monetize those videos. Yeah. Can you afford with all the ads to monetize a brand new platform? And you're, you know, you've got to expect people that are doing, you know, like KSI is a good example. Yeah, it's not impossible. It's guy, not impossible. That guy, it's not impossible, but this is what I'm saying. That guy does average three, four million views of video. Yeah, he does numbers. Any day he drops. Yeah, he does do numbers. Any day he drops, right? So, if you if you scale that down, that's probably a couple hundred thousand pounds worth of revenue that he's getting per video, you know. And if you really want to compete with those people, um, that's where the ad space is. How are you going to provide? Uh, you're right; it's not impossible, but it's, I don't see someone at Wiley having the nous to do that. I agree. So it's a hard job. I just don't see where job. he's getting that capital from. Don't really know his bank account, but I wonder. Because, like you said, Jay Z did it, but he did it at the height of his career. Where he had lots mm. of millions already sitting in the bank, a good reputation, friends in high places. Yeah, maybe Whereas that's different. Wiley's yeah. gone and just like annoyed everyone, so then he can't then say, "Oh yeah, hey, come support me." But I yeah, think that comes exactly. back to what exactly. Wayne and Al have always told me: like protect your brand, because if Wiley would yeah. have conducted himself a lot better, he would have had them connections in that. Like like Chris said, he says he's the godfather of grime and whatever. But what what sort of networking have you done to progress the the net the, the scene forward like if you he should be our version of jay-z like he should be able to and, say and it's not about, it's not even about being clean is it because let's let's be honest before music jay-z had money he had yeah. money he was probably richer than percentage like in, in terms of outgoings then he was in the first like five years of making music but that's growth though isn't it like you gotta grow like jay-z has grown into a businessman like that's yeah, what Wiley really. should have Wiley should have been exactly the same as that. But I don't think there's anyone in us in our in the UK scene that is like that. Like I I, I just feel But I think it's it's it, because it's I think then we start hitting on really different areas here because a lot of people would argue the the black men and women in the music industry in the UK, there aren't really many that 
stretch beyond our scene. You know, we're, we're, touch, we're clutching at straws here. We're talking about sort of Craig David here, aren't we, really? Um, I'd have to check and see who our actually most successful black import is. But, you know, the, the black men and women in the industry in the UK, you know, barring the lights, you know, these are articles, aren't really making that reach internationally anyway. Um, it'd probably be Adele, so you know. It'd probably be Adele. I agree. Yeah. I think at the moment it's probably Stormzy. Stormzy's probably definitely. Yeah, Stormzy. Sorry, yeah, yeah. In those yeah, ends. Stormzy. Yeah, exactly. Stormzy would be the closest one for us at the moment. As females go, maybe Ella May, possibly, um, who's clearly made the jump to the the other side of the world successfully. Or, or it'll be Adele. Um, Adele, yeah. The thing mm. is, but, but 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 I mean, but I mean, I mean in black, black and okay. white. Okay. Uh, sorry, I mean in black but men, Stormzy's, black men, and, and 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 black women. Stormzy's just starting his career. Like he's nowhere close to being even considered a legend yet. He needs to have at least another five years of being consistent with stuff before we can start putting him in that bracket. If anybody has a potential, I don't know. To do it, uh, if I anybody think has it, I think it could be Stormzy. Here. I don't think I can say that because he's done. He's already done things that no one else has done. So yeah. I would say that he's already like he's competing himself at this point. Yeah, yeah, he's approach he's approaching that status definitely. And yeah, yeah, potential. Right in that respect. Yeah, had the potential. Sorry, Dan. What did Dan? What did but you I say? Think it's, but, no, but I, I think that he he is climbing very quickly, and he's the things that he is doing and the stuff that he's doing for um young children. I think he's going to put be put up there, and the fact that he um uh you know when he was he's. Jay Z was meant to be on London Town with him and Ed Sheeran, and he said, "Oh, Jay Z, this isn't this isn't the right track for you." He's clearly on JD's radar, so I think there's going to be some collaboration, and I do think he's going to he's going to make more collabs with um in the US definitely. I think he just he just gets it. He yeah, just gets I it. I saw I saw him. He did like a he did like a, an interview with Kevin Hart and Ice Cube. I can't remember for what reason. I can't remember why I saw it, but... It was about the, Jay- it was about the Jay-Z thing. thing. He spoke about the Jay-Z Yeah, thing. and that was it. Like, and, and he just, like... Obviously, you could see he was a little bit starstruck. Like, it's Ice Cube, man. Come on. Um, but he, like, still conducted him. He was still, like, himself. You could tell enough yeah. about from where you've seen him. Like, and he, he, you could tell that Ice Cube maybe didn't like everything that he did, but he was like, all right, yeah, this, this kid's all right. Like he, he just seems to have that ability to just be himself, no matter what what circumstances. And I think that's why people relate to him so well, and that's probably why he's so successful. The, the big thing with Stormzy now is likability. Like I think a lot of people yeah, do he like has. him. He's very yeah, like... but he's got he's got to keep that clean at the moment. Unfortunately, yeah. he can't afford to mess up. Like he he already he has no, he already has messed up. Maya Jama already messed up. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a bit of a faux pas to be fair I mean, I, yeah, that's, I, that's I, a fail listen no one no, no one knows what's going on there bro Grave, you of all people you of all people should know that <laughs> when people are, are looking from the outside in and the people are, are saying no look at you not doing what you should be doing yeah fair enough and there's, there's always a, there's always a story behind the story bro. everyone's got an opinion do you know what I mean but, but um, one thing I'll say though uh, well, I'll give Wiley, and it sort of leads me on to the next point. Out was Wiley, no matter if you agree with him or not, he believes what he is doing is right. Now, the reason why I say that is now going on to Sideman. Um, I yeah. let you fill us in on that. Like he believes what he done was right, and that's why he's left the BBC. 
So I, I, I would like Shardo's take on this because, you know, luckily for Shardo, she's significantly younger than us. So um, she will have a very different sort of view than what some of us might have here. Uh, I feel like, so the context here is there was a news report, I think in BBC Bristol or something. Yeah, it was Bristol. Something, no, it was, it was something that happened in Bristol about a young man who was racially, um, a, a racially aggravated attack um, the BBC reported on it. They used the N-word um, to highlight the severity of the attack and the words that were used. Now, what's unbeknownst to most people and probably known to most people who read about it is the family and the victim himself requested that the the full extent of the attack and the words used were to be used in the report so they could explain the severity of what happened. Um, the BBC took that into account but made their own independent choice to use the N-word. Now, what seems to be the reaction is Sideman has then just said he felt that that was inappropriate and because that's inappropriate, he's quit his job. Now, I don't know about you, Shardy. For me, I'm probably the only one that sits on the fence here. I feel like that's a very, very extreme reaction to a very, very poor decision from the BBC, regardless of whether uh, the victim wanted it or not. Um, it's it's an error in judgment, but it seems like a very extreme reaction. What, what are your thoughts, Shardy? I think he was probably under a lot of pressure from friends and family saying, oh, so you're still going to work there? Like, after what they've done? But, what, but, why, but, why, but why him, Shardy? There's a lot of black people who work in that industry for the BBC, yeah, DJ why, he's not the leader. Still he's not the he, he, he he's not the big name. So why him, Charlie? Why what what why do you think? I think because he's obviously more in touch with the youth. That like the reason why he went viral or got to where he is now is because of the people who are probably giving him those questions and putting that pressure on him. Like he didn't hmm. become famous the way that you know someone like DJ Target did. Off of that, he made a silly song about you know man's not hot, and that's what got him. So I feel like he feels yeah. like he's for the people and has to kind of have them on his side. Basically what okay. Wiley should have done. Like he's being for the people. He doesn't want to annoy anyone, it looks like. And I think the BBC, they've done a few things that are not too great. Um, They do make amazing documentaries and really give people space to grow. But then other times they do other little things that I guess maybe are adding up. If you're looking at somebody like you- um, Dottie, she called them out as well. For yeah. you know, using the incorrect photo when Kobe died, they used LeBron James. That's happened. That's happened. But the thing is that, but to be fair, that has happened with a lot of me. Like that's a common thing in the British Storms media. In the the Guardian were the most recent. This, we could do an entire yeah. podcast on the amount of celebrities and sports stars that have had the wrong yeah. photo used. It's beyond it's, outrageous. It's the UK, UK, like got the Guardian are the most recent ones because in the irony of them doing a story about racism and Wiley and then using a picture of Kane. <laughs> You know that you know that, you've got, that's, you've got to laugh that's, like that's it's beyond ridiculous. It's 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 embarrassing, but yeah, that didn't garner any any news attention. But I suppose Shardy, my, my my point really here is, did that offend you? What the BBC did? Yeah, because I think my problem is with it is that they can make such a mistake like that, such a big platform like that can do that, but then on the other hand, let the N word slip and there's no repercussions. And I'm just thinking, well, who is doing the checks? Whereas if you compare that to a story like someone like uh, Reggie Yates, who had to step down from his position for using a Jewish slur, um, even though he did his apology and everything like that, he still had to step down. Whereas 
that's just a slur. They said that it might be seen as offensive, whereas there's no might or maybe or room for doubt around the N-word. See, it's I a hate crime. Everyone knows that it's but the, definitely but the offensive. Victim, the victim's family, the victim's family wanted it. Wanted it, said. I think that's irrelevant because I feel like if 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 that's individual differences, I don't feel like it doesn't matter if you're okay with it. If it offends someone else, that's still a problem. That's you like you know. Say it without saying it, couldn't you? You could say yeah. N word. Everyone would know yeah, what you meant. Everyone, everyone would know what you meant. And end, end yeah. of conversation. I didn't know about the Reggie H thing, by the way, because I remember he was like the golden boy of of the BBC at one point. He was doing all their documentaries. Um, so do you, know, do you know how many complaints the BBC actually got about it? Yeah, 18,000 so or something. He made one mistake and it was a Jewish slur and he got he had to step down when so many people... Yeah, so that, so he, said, he said it in, in context or what did he do? It was for um, Top of the Pops. He's meant to be hosting it and he said something silly like um, um, it, um, that is being managed by a fat Jewish guy. He said something, he said something like that and they said, nope. You've got to step down. That could be seen as offensive. What's yeah, mad is it's probably true. I'm not. I'm not gonna. I'm, I'm not even gonna lie. But it seems like you, the the Jewish community is a little bit untouchable. That's what it seems to be coming across as because, like, I can free people that are now Wiley, Nick Cannon, and uh, Reggie Yates. They you mentioned that and you're, you're gone. Do you know what I mean? So, but let's have yeah. object, objectivity, though, Greg. It's not. There, there may well be other examples, but this is one that's in the. This is one that's in the the media spotlight. Like it's there's still potentially derogatory terms about someone based on their race or their religion, and there's probably lots of other examples of that. Yeah, we're just, I, we're I, just, I, I our attention's that. being drawn to that. Like I, I get that, but it just seems like if like I'm not being funny, like, and I'm saying it as a black person in it. It's, it just seems like you can you can dog on us and you don't get punished as as strict as you dog any other race and it's like yeah that's it you, you're gone everything everything luck off there was an Asian actor that died I think a year or two ago and they announced it in the newspaper or the the BBC News and actually they used uh, the wrong photo for that as well they they put a different actor's um, on there and the guy had actually died. And again, they apologised, but that was it. No one had to step down. No one seemed to be fired. Um, but yeah, that again, that that mistake. How can you make such a, a mistake? In it's such a, it's a, a commonality. I, I I agree there. There's a commonality there amongst the black community. We'll say, yeah, we're often having to read. Um, we're often having to read information and news stories about. Um, usually, not always. Um, uh, white stars or white um, presenters who who say things that maybe in the past or say things that are necessarily um, slightly racist or or these things where pictures are wrong and it always seems like there never seems to be on the surface any sort of punishment and we just read it and we just we say oh how can you believe this happened again it's happened again it's happened but again. But didn't that, Liam Nielsen um, he he got dropped from a film because yeah. of a comment he made. When was he late teens, early twenties? Yeah, he said he said that he um, something someone. happened to him when he was quite young. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah someone he, he knew, someone shot. he knew was attacked by a black person. So then he said, for a period of time in his life, he walked around the streets trying to. That's kill it. Black yeah. Or he or like thought about it, didn't he? Like, yeah. yeah. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. 
so because of that he he wasn't allowed to do the his next up and coming film he apologized it was he's now in his 50s i think so it was that like over 30 years ago he apologized and oh, he yeah. got dropped from the film i heard that mm. It is, that, it is outrageous. Now I'm doing Take and Fall. Let me guess. In Africa. Let me, that, that way it's going to be. Yeah, but yeah. So <laughs> I suppose so I suppose this goes back to the original question then. Like, do we agree that Sideman sort of died on his sword? Like, he's gone, no, nah, this is wrong. I don't like it. Uh, nothing's properly been done about it. So I'm out. But with no, but him, he's, I think yeah. he, he's probably, some people have got such strong morals and such, such strong values that, he probably thought, you know what, I'm not being a part of this, and he stepped out, and that's his decision, that's his choice. Yeah. So some people might think, but, no, I but, need to earn my money. But, but Danny, I think I, I agree with you in that respect, Danny. But he's okay. I'm going to be something very controversial here. Is I, I don't look at Cyan Man and think, you know what? When I'm thinking about Black Lives Matter and I'm thinking about the movement, he's somebody that springs to mind who is moralistically strong. Not because he's not. I'm just saying, for me, there is a massive double standard. In, in, in that industry in a sense where, you know, the things that make you famous, the things that you you live and die by are often misogynistic, you know, music. You know, in in the same industry, you're allowed to call your black women and your white women hoes and bitches. Yeah. But you get very, 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 very tetchy about the use of the N-word. But none of you, like what, Gravy will know this, that there's one thing that burns my soul more than anything in this world, and that is Takashi 69 <laughs> And his use of the N-word, which just seems to just fly by, like with nobody, no one at, at all, yeah. have anything to say about it. And, and, he's and a it's snitch. quite common, and, it, and it's quite common in music circles for people who are not black to use that word. And for me, the moralistic standpoint starts from there kind of thing. Like, well, I'm, I'm not being a part of the station that plays that kind of music. I'm not going to be a part of the station or play that kind of music myself or, or talk on those issues. So I think if, you know, I, I agree with you, Danny, that yes, if that's how he felt and that was his moralistic standpoint and he had to, to walk from that, okay, that's fine. But in in Gravy's words, you've got to keep the same energy then because this this, this same industry is what's keeping you money in your pocket you know he's he's there making diss videos at wiley to make himself look famous when wiley doesn't even wasn't even interested in him you know all because he was apparently defending the honor of zz mills like zz mills needs defending you know yeah I mean? that's one woman who doesn't yeah she, she she, she know, got herself that i've seen and she said herself when that when they had a um the show about it she said, I'm not getting involved in your stupidness. Like, you're doing all this this stuff to Wiley over me, which doesn't need to happen. So I'm not talking about it. I'm not getting involved in your stupidness. And that I respected. You know, that's somebody who has a moralistic standpoint. Um, I just think, I don't know, for me, there's something fishy about it. I, 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 I can see why he did it, but it just seems like... If, if, it just seems strange that this is the one thing that you, that you fight for. When there's been, like Sade said, there's been so many other instances. Maybe, maybe it's the straw to break the camel's back. But do you know what? He got, yeah. it, if he's trying to get the, bring attention to it, he has, because he even made it on The Breakfast Club. Like, this, that whole thing, Sideman leaving BBC. Like, and I think he did need hmm. to do that. Because I think, regardless of, if you take the, the fact that it's a, you know, that, that word is linked to hate crimes and the fact that it's racist, it's still a swear word. If you just take it right back to the basics, it's a swear word. Why is it on the BBC at 
don't usually that kind of content wait until after the watershed. Like, when did we start doing that? Yeah, agree. So I think even if you take that away, I think the bottom line is it's inappropriate. What, and even if you had permission, you yeah, we showed at ten thirty in the morning. Yeah, it's part of the news. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so imagine. So, so like, that's still problematic, regardless of whether you got permission or not. That's not what the BBC yeah. are for or stand for or do. Imagine your kid coming. What does that word? What does that word or mean? What we pay, or what we pay our TV license for? Well, well, that's a whole other, whole other thing. But yeah, at the end of the day, he has. It'd be interesting to see where he goes from here, career-wise, um, because we don't have a, an abundance of uh, media platforms like the BBC. They're one of the biggest. So it'd be interesting to see where he goes. Maybe he'll go Capital Extra. That's probably his only other option. Or Kiss. Um, or maybe he'll go to Apple. Like what Dottie did. Yeah, maybe go Apple Music, yeah. Yeah, maybe he will. Maybe go that way. But the BBC has Do got you, a Does anybody well. actually subscribe to Apple Music to hear... Could you, I take it you have to subscribe to Apple Music to hear those radio stations. I don't subscribe to Apple Music. I'm, no. I, I'm subscribed to Apple, but I'm not sure if you need it to listen. I'm not sure. Randomly, I don't listen, I don't I listen like, to any of them. Yeah. Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on, uh, randomly, um, about ITV and BBC, I was talking to John's dad the other day, and he, he was saying when he was at school in class, um, he was talking to someone, one of his friends, and a girl said, oh, don't talk to him. He listens to the BBC. We listen to IVT, ITV. And apparently, back in, back in his day when he was at school, the classism was of what channel you watched. How ran... And I was like, really? I, I had no clue. But yeah, apparently that was a it was a thing. But when he went to school, where watching yeah. the BBC and ITV, that's yeah. when TV was the most powerful platform, though. So it probably wasn't yeah. it like that. Mm. Like, yeah, maybe when you only had one to five. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for real. No, it's it's it's, it's an interesting debate. I just feel like I just, it, we could talk about it for well, hours. Know, I think the wildest stuff, the side man stuff. It's, it's, it's. It, I think the best thing that it's done more than anything is, is, is continue to shine a light on things that I think in the black community we've always kind of felt have always been there but have been ignored. Um, and the, the wildest thing is more difficult because he's done something that's really abhorrent, but his treatment is poor, and it puts you in a very different space, doesn't see, it? Al, I wouldn't even say because his treatment is poor. I wouldn't say his treatment's poor. What my, what my issue is, his treatment is not consistent with everyone else's punishment. That's my issue. Like, yeah. if, if everyone else yeah, maybe, before yeah. him maybe. had been treated the same, then I'd be like, bro, you knew what you are getting into when you done it. But I do feel like he's been made an example of and other people haven't. Like, that's just my thing. Like, and that's why I say moving forward, let's keep the same energy because I don't normally get in, I don't normally jump on social media and like, jump on these things but if someone else messes up regardless of what colour they are what sex they are I'll be jumping like remember what happened to Wiley do you know what I mean like because I, I do feel like they've proper made an example of him on this point and going on to that have you heard that Nick Cannon is also suing Viacom for 1.5 billion for his uh, dismissal from that network which is interesting because obviously he's done the same a very similar thing as Wiley and obviously he got canned, and now he's suing that network for 1.5 million. I don't know what the grounds are for that. 1.5 oh, no, million. His, his was his was worse than Wiley's. But he's going for 1.5 oh, no, billion, bro. So I don't know how he's gonna justify that. Yeah, he, I think his was a lot worse than Wiley's. Um, he went to town, man. 
he did, he did go to town, yeah, and it's very hard to it's very hard to and and do you know what there are so many um, parallels with Nick Cannon and 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 they're Ryan very similar in terms of the way they've yeah, been, very, been treated. Well, very similar parallels. Man. Nick Cannon kept his job at Fox though, didn't he? He was yeah, he's kept, yeah. To be fair, he has kept that, but the rest of the stuff, you know, the, and and I think I did see a video with DC Young flying it recently, and yeah, I did feel sorry for them because they were like. He was sat there with the rest of the wild and out guys, and they were like chatting whether they felt that was the end of it. You know, they they did nothing wrong. You know, they did nothing wrong. They've turned up on that show, earned a living, and hundreds of people have just lost their job. Yeah, now. but again, and that's where it starts. But again, to unfair. again, I don't know the ins and outs of it, but it seems like Nick Cannon didn't have the rights to that show, even though he created it. It wasn't his show. Like he may have been like forty percent on it, but ultimately. If he owned the rights to that show, he could have just taken it to another network. But he doesn't. But what? But why didn't? But my issue is why they've not just continued it. Because he, well, it was Nick, Nick Cannon. Cannon's wilding out, wasn't it? It wasn't just wilding out. It was his. It was all, it was all based off Nick Cannon. They get, they've done it all the time. They they did it with um, three and a half men. You just get somebody else more famous, and you carry it on. Do you know what I mean? I don't know. I, I just that's that that one leaves a bit of taste in my mouth as well. The Nick Cannon one. Um, that seems also to be quite a difficult one to see. But um, before we move on to our top albums, anybody want to touch on the Dawn Butler issues that has happened? Anybody know much about that? Yeah, she, um, she, she, she's abused her position. Um, and what reason I say that is everyone has the right to, to film the police or whatever whenever they get stopped. That's fine. There's nothing, no issue with that. But, it's like she had made a point of herself, judge, jury, and executioner, without any independent investigation into what had happened. Um, so she was stopped in her car um, in Hackney. The police spoke to her, and she instantly started recording it. And then she tweeted saying that she'd been stopped and accused the police of racially profiling her. Now, the investigation the police conducted said that what had actually happened was there'd been a, a human error as you can understand, how many times have you going to type something and made a, a, a mistake? They typed the registration number as part of a proactive patrol into the into the um, VRM recognition system and it had come back as a slightly different vehicle. And that vehicle happened to have a driver known to police. So instantly that makes a bit, bit more sense than the story that she was stopped because she was black. Um, they've, they've stopped and spoken to her and then, then she's gone on a merry way. She's since spoken to the, the, the deputy assistant commissioner who said um, that she had no issue with the, the manner and professionalism of the stop. So the way that the officer spoke to her, dealt with her, she had no issue with that at all. Um, but then she's obviously come out and stories have come out saying that she was racially profiled and why she stopped. Now, all the evidence would seem to be to the contrary. Um, and the reason why I suggest that she's abusing her position is she she's obviously been upset that she stopped or she's used the opportunity that she's been stopped to try and gain some clout for herself or, or to gain attention to the matter. And that's all very well and good. If something bad has happened, absolutely people need to be able to account and things need to change. But if someone's actually doing their job and makes an innocent mistake and you accuse them of being racist, that's quite a serious accusation in my opinion. And I think she needs to have a look at herself as to, is, is that the sort of message um, that she wants to portray and is that how she wants to accurately ref reflect her constituency she actually just picked the wrong fight well, it was the wrong it was a battle that didn't need to take place 
Like I have to say, well, I'm, I'm 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 going to disagree with you in this one. Sorry, but I'm going to go Personally. on record and say, go on. After, another thing I've got with these whole putting videos on, and I I've said it before on previous podcasts. I understand that there's a limit on how long you can put, but if you're going to put a 30 second clip, also add a link somewhere else saying this is the full video. Like we need don't be putting 30 second clips. I feel that officers spoke to her very respectfully, and I know playing devil's advocate that most people would probably say, well, ain't it convenient a number plate went in wrong? It does happen. It does happen. How often do you text something and you make a mistake? Like, it happens all the time. I, I think for me, the reason why I, 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 the reason why I disagree with you on all of this is because, um, yes, we can look at the human error aspect, but there's been, I've never come across any scenario that's made the news where a black individual has been stopped for a particular reason and there's been a full admission that that shouldn't have happened. I feel like, yes, so what what what, what we're trying to say happened here is her, her license plate was put through this recognition system, some human error occurred and either what's come up is the car or the driver, which has come up as some issue and they've related that back to her. Um, and I think at some point there should have been some common sense prevailed in all of that to make the suggestion that there was probably no link between, unless it was another black female driver that was known to police that came up, which is completely random and you can't help that. That's different. But I just think that this, these things, you know, the weeks before that we had the same thing with the Linford Christie athletes. Um, which was never really, we never really heard much more about that. And that was very similar. There was some suggestion that they were driving erratically or avoiding evading police as they drove by. Again, that's turned out to be nothing again. And I think these these things happen, and admittedly it's the ones that make the news, and, and I'm aware of that, but the things that we see when these things happen often always turn out to be a bit of nothing and there's been a mistake. I just feel like, I don't necessarily think that, I don't know. I don't know enough about the information to say she was targeted, she wasn't targeted. I just kind of feel like we've we've heard this before and I'm less inclined to to accept that as human error because we've heard this before. In the same way, we had a, a police officer who was kneeling on someone's neck the other day. That's never been taught before. You know, we've seen these things before. I don't, I will never generalise the police as a whole to say, yeah, 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 that's, that's the kind of stuff that they do. I just kind of feel that this is a bit yeah. fishy for but me. The... It's, it's, it's not. It's not. It's not as plain sailing as I've put in the wrong license plate. I mean, you know yourself. You know, if if you're if you're going to do that sort of thing and you put a license plate in and it goes in wrong, there has to be so many coincidental things to happen to link all of that information to that one woman to then feel the need to question her further. I was, I was just saying on the Linford Christie athletes, um, like that was that was reviewed by an independent panel, and they reviewed the body worn footage, and they decided that everything was fine with that. So that's for me. Yeah, you could say it's convenient, but there's very many occasions where police have an independent review, and if something is wrong, they do get held to account. Um, I mean. I, I agree with what you're saying, like the common sense appeal, and, and and it probably was a sense that as soon as they realised that everything was fine and they con- con- completed the checks that that they would do when they stop any vehicle, which happens thousands of times a day up and down the country, 
um, that they let her, that they said you're you're free to go. Thank you for your time. And, and I think that's why she hasn't put a complaint in because, as you're saying, if if she had thought it was as, as fishy as it may well appear that there's been more than one incident in a short space of time, she would have just put a, a complaint in. It would be getting reviewed independently. But so it, such is her comfortability with how it was actually conducted. She's decided not to take it any further, which for a woman in her power and position would know that if she wanted to cause cause serious change and she felt there was a need to do so, she could have done. Mm. I don't know. I, I think, I, I suppose, Sade and Danny can, can pop in here and, and give their views on what, they, what they've seen. Um, for me, I don't know. I... I was kind of like you said, Greg, I think you said earlier, that you're kind of waiting for a bit more footage because after the whole, I know it's unrelated, but after the whole Jesse Smollett or Smollett, however you say his surname, after that incident, I really withhold judgment and I kind of always, yes, however you say it. Yeah, I kind of wait a little bit to see a bit more because, you know, you jump on the bandwagon too quickly and then you look stupid after. And I just, um, I don't know, I, I wonder... If she, I, I didn't like the fact that she kind of promoted it before releasing the footage. I didn't like that her, her first tweet about you know, oh, just been stopped by police. More info coming soon. I didn't, I didn't like that. Like, what is your motive there? Yeah, yeah. It kind of made me feel yeah. away. She's like, um, she's like she's about to drop, drop some banging mixtape. Yeah, that's something yeah, like Morgan would do. <laughs> yeah, it was a bit. It was a bit weird. I wish she would have just put the video out and let people make their own opinions of it. Or if it was something to see around it, then kind of doing promo on a video. When do you do that? Um, and I wish she would have provided you know a bit more Charlie's context. Charlie's made a valid point. That's well, a valid point, Charlie, because I feel in someone in her position, she should have um, dealt with it properly with the police. And then afterwards, then done it. Like, she carried on like she was some vlogger. Yeah, be professional. Totally, yeah. Yeah. That's trying yeah, a good because, point. Because like, I, I think, like, public opinion... Yeah, public opinion changes so quickly. And I feel like you've got to be sure, especially, like you said, her position. She's got to be sure in what she's doing. And I know in this, like, climate with, you know, the BLM movement and things like that, um, you just kind of got to be... Was it something that she was doing to jump on the bandwagon, or was it really something to see here? Like, I'm really torn on on where I sit on all this. She was that she used yeah. to be the shadow secretary, the state of women and equalities. Where, where was the equality in what she did? Like, be objective. Like, if you got a problem, complain about it properly through the proper channels. She didn't do any of that. It seems like she just got yeah. a excited with social media and just decided that. I'm yeah. Gonna... Because I wonder if she could have done it properly, like you say, and then if she didn't like the result, then gone to social media yeah. and said, look, yeah, guys, I did this, yeah. this and this, and it still didn't work. Yeah. But again, I don't know what it's like. I don't know what that felt like for her in that situation. So I'm not going to say, oh, no, this is what you should do, but I don't know. It also yeah. sounded a bit rash. She's going to have the information, isn't she? It also sort of depends what kind of day you've had. If she's had a really bad day and she's and this has happened and she might have Act, acted in a way that isn't her normal self whereas if she's had a good day that day she might have acted differently it kind of depends on the day the mood you just kind of you don't know the ins and outs and it's hard to comment when you if you're going to film something you already feel a certain way about it don't you 
you're yeah. expecting or hoping something's going to happen. Yeah. Now that's that's either really sad or it's really it's 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 really aggressive. Like someone puts a camera in your face, starts filming you whilst you're trying to do do your job. Like it it could make you feel a certain way, but it seems like these the whoever dealt with it has dealt with it really well. Well, but, on the flip but she's, side, though, but she... they've got cameras in in everyone else's faces. Like police walk around cameras as well, so it's a bit like, well, you've got yeah. a camera, I've got my camera out, so. But like, I don't think no one respects. I don't think no one respects the police anymore. When I was growing up as a kid, we were petrified of the of the police. They were someone to be afraid of. You always said hello when they were walking down the road. Now it's like no one. There's no respect. P- police got cameras, body worn cameras, because it helps. I don't know the official figures, but it helps with with prosecution. Like when when that's been present, it's helped with charging standards, and it's also reduced civil complaints by about two thirds. Which, when you think how many there are, like it's just just frivolous complaints where people would say that police have stolen this or beaten me or something. They check the camera and they turn out to be lying. No, Chris, I'm not saying it's a bad thing. I'm just saying you're saying yeah. No, no, I agree. I agree with what you're saying. I agree with what you're saying. On the opposite side, you're saying to someone that's never had a criminal record before, well, you've got shoving a camera in my face recording what I'm saying and doing. So, do you know what I mean? I'm just saying, I'm devil's advocate. Oh. I, d- I just, I just think the whole stopping of, so stopping of the stopping and stopping people in their vehicles in the black community is is, is a very sensitive topic at yeah. the moment because um, the reason why I say that and the reason why for me I, I look at that and think removed from the whole concept of how she dealt with it, blah, blah, blah. For me, the sticking point is this concept of human error. And I just kind of feel like, look, human error, fine, but there's a bit of common sense that needs to prevail here. And I'm not sure that necessarily happened because for me, what I hear a lot of and what I see a lot of is examples of, have you heard of, um, what's his name? Uh, Sace Holmes Lewis. That's his Sace Holmes Lewis. He was the... um, He's like a community mentor in East London. I think he actually was a coach for Jaden Sancho at one point. Wow. Um, and he's one of these guys that does a lot within the community. And he was on the news quite often during lockdown because during lockdown, he um, was continuing to like drive around and, and, and provide food and provisions for people within his community. And he had been stopped four times within that period and searched um, under the Misuse of Drugs Act four separate times. And actually the fourth time he recorded it and it made um, like Good Morning Britain and all that kind of stuff. And that's why I first saw him and I started following him on LinkedIn. And I think it's so much so that he then offered to um, help the Met to, to, to basically provide a course for up and coming police officers about how they um, interact with the black community. I think they, I think they met agreed to that, and I think he started doing that now, which is quite positive. Right. Yeah. Ow. Ow. Um, I, I, but, but there amazing. are lots of examples. There, there are lots of examples of, of that that happen, which make these sorts of things when you hear them, it makes it a little bit harder to believe when actually it could have just been a genuine error. Right. Ow. I don't so see that. Problem with recording, but because it's because it's touchy. Yeah, go on. I said because it's touchy, like doesn't mean we can't, like it can't be done. Like crime still happens in every community, so just because it's a bit sensitive that we can't be stopping it doesn't mean that like, the police are not going to do it. 
It still needs to be done. No, that's not what I'm saying. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying it's sensitive in the sense that when we, as a community, hear these stories, we find it very hard to accept when someone's trying to say, it's just human error, that's why it happened. Because you'll ask him, says Holmes Lewis, and he'll tell you four times during lockdown when I've got a car full of food and a car full of provisions to provide people in my community when I'm risking my own life. And to be stopped four times under the Misuse of Drugs Act is not acceptable. You know, so what I'm trying to say to you is I'm not saying that, you know, people shouldn't be stopped. I'm not saying there shouldn't be presence of police officers in an area where there is high crime. What I'm saying is, as the average black man or woman, when you're hearing these stories, it's a lot harder to accept if it's genuinely down to human error. It's a lot harder to accept. It's a lot harder to, to hear it when we're seeing the visuals, which are different in different cases. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. I, I, think, I think I think you might be well right that it's down to human error and it might be well right that he they were dealt with perfectly and all oh, that absolutely. kind of stuff. And there's gonna there's many examples and just like just like you said where they've got it wrong. But I don't think that's one of these times and I think the, the, yeah, the it, it might not experience of things going wrong in the past has been used prematurely without all the facts being obvious or or, or using um you know emotive reasons for doing it and i don't think that that is the right thing to be doing as a serving member of parliament yeah yeah and i, I, I yeah and i agree with that i think just back to what i was saying to you greg it's, it's less about not doing it because yeah danny is right the respect for the police is, is not there and i think having known people who work for the police it's probably made me more empathetic for the police's plight but equally um like I said, there there are many a story um, of people who are, un, you know, racially profiled when they're stopped and had to felt, you know, I think there was equally when I watched the um, the story about Stays Home Lewis, there was another guy, I forget his name, I'll find it and put it in the show notes, it was an Asian guy who was um, basically reporting for GMB for the same thing. He was basically saying, yeah, I've been stopped quite a few times um, for this issue. Um, and, I, and, and, and the irony of it was he was given an interview to ITV about being racially profiled and stopped during lockdown. And on his way home from the interview, he got stopped by the police and he got pulled over and they, they smashed his window and they ripped him out of the car because he was filming it at the time. And when you see those kind of visuals, and I get propaganda and I get all that kind of stuff, but when you see those kind of visuals and then someone turns around and says, yeah, we stopped someone, but it was a mistake, it makes it a lot harder to swallow, which was the point I was making. Yeah, no, I can agree with that. And I think you have to wonder, did they only say it was a mistake um, because of the footage? Because it was recorded and it went viral. Possibly, yeah. yeah. And I think, I think, I think it, it, you know, you, we've got to see it from both sides from that, that point. But, um, right, I think we've, um, we've definitely, well, we've talked about that for an hour. I think we should move on to the fun part of this pod. Which Something like our top five albums that I had. I had a whole script. I was going to go through the tracks. I was going to go through all of the emotive language that was referencing to those albums. But I think time has pushed us too far forward. So I'm going to allow Danny to go up first um, and just let us marvel in your choice, your choice of five and a bit of a bit of a, an understanding of how you got there. So I'm more of a singles. I really like my singles and I like merging all my singles together to create my own album, my car. But um, 
so of all the albums that I've listened to over the years, these are probably my favourite. Um, so obviously I love Ed Sheeran. Um, I loved his um, Divide in 2017 and his Six Collabs in 2019. I love the majority of the songs on both of those albums. I love Usher's 8701. That reminds me of when I first started Ooh. working. I was 16, 17. So whenever I listen to that, it's very like brings back amazing memories. I also love. Were you on the Were you on the pod when we when Chris was talking about Usher albums? No, I don't. We weren't recording them. We weren't recording. Yeah, you, you slated your eight seven zero one. This is a lie. This is a lie. No, that was me. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> I love. I just. I love that whole album. And um, I also loved his Confessions album. And. Um, Oh. Yeah, that's more like it. But do you know what? The Confessions album, I was splitting up with my first boyfriend at the time, and every song just felt like it related to what we were going through. So, uh, Confessions was a, a big boy album. Yeah, right? it was. And the fact that it related to my first boyfriend's obviously, like, is there that clearly ended terribly. So, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, so every time I hear that, it kind of brings me back to those days, but not in a bad way. Like, I really like the album. Um, I love Donnell Jones, My Heart. Um, that was a really good one mm. years way back when. Um, I loved Neo because of you. I quite liked. Um, I had a bit of an obsession with Neo at one point. Um, I liked his, a lot of his music. And randomly, when I first started my work, um, we they used to play Tracy Chapman, who I used to think was a guy back then. But obviously, he's not. <laughs> he's not. Um, but I loved a lot of her tracks and also Lenny Kravitz. So they were like my, I've got a bit of a wide, I like a lot of rock, indie, pop, garage, house. But um, so yeah, I used to like merging all those sort of tracks together in one album. But um, if I had to pick any, those would be my favourite albums. Well, to be, I'll be honest with you, I didn't, I, I, I didn't know what direction you were going to go in, but um, I'm intrigued um, and um, definitely impressing your Usher choices. Um, definitely, uh, that, that I can um, identify with you. So yes, um, Danny, you'll send that to me and I'll put them in the show notes for people to see. Um, Chris, you're up next. Right, okay, so you're making me, you're making me whittle down my choices. Wow, <laughs> this, is, this is difficult. Let's, let's, let's have a bit of a background to how you got to where you got. So... So yeah, so much like Danny, like I've got quite an eclectic choice. So like I will pick out songs that I like. Um, I think the days where we would just go and buy an album and just listen to it from head to toe and then pick our favourite tracks out of it are long gone. Like we can just download like single tracks from an album or and just pick yeah. our favourites. I think that that's kind of and sometimes people will bring out an EP with like five tracks on it rather than do an album and they'll do like two or three of them. So picking an actual album's a lot more difficult in terms of like recent music but for me uh I, I picked i picked albums where i rated a large proportion of the tracks on it they're not necessarily even my favorite artists but when i looked at the volume of work i was like yeah you look through that list there's some big tracks on there um right you could say this is a bit basic but drake's take care massive album absolutely massive album like you look through that list there are so many tracks on that that you could listen to now that you listen to now and they'll still sound good um but take care was 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 nine years ago 
and you could listen to tracks now and they'd still sound good now. It's a sign, sign of good music is where it does the test of time. Um, what else did I pick? Yeah, um, College Dropout, Kanye. Um, that's, that's, that was 2004. That's 16 years ago. Um, yeah, like a lot again, lots of tracks on that. I'm a big fan of. Um, Fifty, get rich or die trying. Um, I mean, you could say it's a bit obvious, but it's obvious because exactly that is so good. Like, there's a reason it was so, it sold so many so quickly. Um, yeah, we we sort of you very um, quickly touched on him earlier, but growing up for me. Craig David Born to Do It. That was a big album. That was a big album. Yeah. Um, sort of like... That the one with the, head, the headphones on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the, 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 with the bronze background. Um, yeah, like that was that was a big album. That was sort of like his crossover from Garage to R&B. Um, really enjoyed that. And, and again, there's still tracks on that that you listen to now. You think, yeah, yeah, big fan of that. He is, he is so underrated. He is, he is a national treasure, that guy. When he was, when he was doing his thing, there was there was nothing there was when he was doing his thing there was no one yeah else. it was he he, he more or less he more or less um, created an opportunity for so many artists to come through um because mm. before it was all like Greg's favorite artists like S Club and Blue and things like that so um and finally I I think it, if we're gonna give a nice round rounded balance I'd probably go with um, Boy in the Corner Dizzy Rascal. Um, again, because like that was another monster album, and that sort of brought like the genre of music like up a level, um, better than Wiley's done. Yeah, said what I said. That's my wow. five. Interesting. Very interesting. I've got to say, I, I, all of those albums, I'm I'm a big fan of. So, I mean, that's an interesting choice. I like it. Shade, what's your top five? Um, we're going to have to agree with Chris. Definitely had um, Kanye West College Dropout on there. Yeah. Even though it's one that's probably came out when I was really, really young, but appreciate it later, kind of when you get a bit older, or maybe it's from people in the house playing it, so you end up liking it. Um, then I had uh, Mariah Carey, Emancipation of Mimi, because I feel like that's had a lot of her big hits on there. Um, that had, that's one with like say something. Yeah, um, say something. We belong together. Belong it's like together, that. Yeah. Like loads of those songs like, on there. Yes. Yeah. Yes, great album. And then I had to put in Destiny's Child for the culture. It didn't sit right with me for Beyonce to not make the list somehow. So I put in um, <laughs> <laughs> I put in Survivor album. I had like the lot of the big hits: Survivor, Independent Woman, Dangerously in Love. Like it was a big album. Um. And then the last one would have been The Dream, Love, Hate. And I think that I did this based off of albums that I could listen to without wanting to skip too many of them. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's the top five. Summer Walker's EP almost made it, um, Life on Earth. But it's only five songs, so she couldn't make the list. But, yeah, that's them. Well, again, I, that's, I'm, I'm a big fan of all of those. So I'm 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 pleasantly pleasantly so happy with that those choices. Is Alistair is all yours, Kanye West? <laughs> <laughs> uh, you'll be surprised to know. Actually, I had to add a Kanye West one at the end. Oh. I'd forgotten. Um, I actually forgot. I'd actually forgotten. Um, so 
the first one is D'Angelo Brown Sugar. That came out in 95, so I was very early into secondary school then. It was my first year of secondary school. Um, and it was just, you know, 10 tracks of just really, really cool, really soulful R&B. Um, and again, something that I could just listen to from one end to the other. Um, so that's one of them. Uh, the next one was a little, was a year earlier, was uh, Aaliyah, AJ, Nothing But A Number. Um, for me, sort of that R&B swing vibe, 90s R&B is something that Grave and I hold quite dear in our hearts. And that Aaliyah's first album, you know, we had Back and Forth, Asian Nothing But A Number, all those R&B swing hits um, I loved dearly. Um the next one is the first Kanye West one, actually. And I didn't go for College Dropout because College Dropout was definitely a fantastic album, but I actually went for Late Registration. All right. Um, mainly, mainly because after hearing College Dropout, I was so, like, gassed when I knew Late Registration was coming out. And I remember driving to get it in Romford. I'd just finished uni, went to Romford, went and got it on CD, put it in my car. And at the very first track, like... It was an interlude, a Bernie Mac interlude, I think. And it straight went into a track called Heard Him Say with Adam Levine. I thought, right. Big track. This is this album. Like, you know, look, Heard Him Say, Touch the Sky, Gold Digger, Drive Slow, uh, oh, Diamonds Are Forever, Hey Mama, Celebration. Like, it was... No more can be said about that. Um, and then the next one is my... Which is, which is a crossover, uh, which was Drake, Take Care. Because again, um, after hearing Thank Me Later, which was a great album, I was just so gassed to hear Take Care. And when, when Take Care came out... Huge. My, good, my goodness. Like, I'm, I'm a big person that's into intros. And Drake, is, you know, famously does great intros. And he had that first one, Over My Dead Body, that just set the tempo for that album. And then, you know, Headlines, True Love, Take Care... Marvin's Room, Underground Kings, it's, we could be here all night for that. And then the last one, which I believe is probably the best debut album from any rapper, is Kendrick Lamar's Good Kid, Love Mad City. Oh. Um, and anybody who's haven't listened to that, it's basically a monologue from beginning to end. It's a whole story of one day in Compton, and each song is a part of that story. And for a debut artist, was sensational. And the one that didn't make it, and I have to put it in there because it's been so pivotal for me, is Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. Um, that was, for me, on par with the Aaliyah album, and I couldn't decide which one to put in. Um, so I had to put uh, I put Back to Black in there as my number six. So didn't make the top five, but definitely got an honourable mention for me. And in the show notes, I've got about another 67 honourable mentions. So if you guys have got any honourable mentions, let me know. And we will stick it in the um, stick it in the show notes. All right, so that's that's my top top five slash top top six. Um, last but not least, gravy. Well, let's hear your. I see top how five. all you guys have like. Danny had about eight. Yeah, Chris had about eight. I'm gonna stick mine to only five. I said five. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna. I'm only. Yeah, I'm only yeah, gonna. Yeah, I'm yeah, only yeah, gonna, I'm gonna do five. Five of mine, and I'll put my rest in my honorable mentions. So. I've gone Bobby Brown, Don't Be Cruel, because those that know me know that I'm a big Bobby Brown fan. He was my idol growing up, and that was the first album that I got on vinyl. And that, oh, 
too many tunes on that. Obviously, the title track, Don't Be Cruel, My Prerogative, Roni, uh, big album for me. Um, another album, my number, these are not in any order, but I've just gone one, two, so I'll do it in that. Number two is uh, Jay-Z, Blueprint. Um, that album for me is just, uh, for a rap album, yes, that's just yes. too, yes. it's got Girls, 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 that boy, my anthem. Plus, part two was a banger. Uh, there's too many tracks on that album. Song Cry, like that album for me is one of my favorites. Um, number three, which is quite common that everyone's got this album, is Usher Confessions. Um, God, big album. Similar to Danny, I was actually going for a breakup when this album came in, but it was a happy breakup for me on my term anyway. But yeah, that, that album was uh, <laughs> was good. Uh, number four. Let it burn. Not, yeah, let it burn. Funny, oh, I've got a funny story about that. That's for a whole nother show. And it ain't what you guys are thinking. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, number four, Lauren Hill, the miseducation of Lauren Hill. Like, uh, if anybody does one and out albums, it's that album, innit? Shaped on other albums since, but big album. And then last but not least, and I looked at my list and realized that it was, it had nothing from the UK. And I just had to put this album in because it was big at the time for the scene, the first urban act to win a Mercury Prize Award. So it's Dizzy Rascal, Boy in the Corner, like yeah. big album. Obviously, I know Chris doesn't like it because at school Chris was called Jezebel. But yeah, big big boy <laughs> album. Like for me, who, who wants to tell him? Oh, do you know what that is? So that is, I think. He, do you know what I think? Man needs to hold a strike for that. You know, like man generally called you a. Uh, some some biblical name. Childish. So childish. Listen, he won't have this. He won't have this energy hold face on, to face. Hold on. You guys have been sending for me for the whole the whole thing, yeah. And as soon as I come out, like anyway, ow. Yeah, as soon as you come out, it gets returned to sender. Ow, ow. I have got a few. <laughs> and plus, and plus, and plus, and plus, that was on. I've got a few, anyway. a few, a yeah. few uh, listener oh, ones to shout out as well. So I did get my brother to do one, mm. and he had. Uh, so big shout out to yeah. DJ D Jones. He done Usher Confessions, Mario Mario, mm. uh, Fabulous mm. Street Dreams, mm. Biggie Smalls Life Street After Death, Dream. and Pretty Ricky Blue Star. I think he's my. I think I think he's my Shut brother up. and not your brother. Uh, <laughs> I've also got my. I think me and him vibe on those albums. My sister man. Misha, she. So big shout out to Mishmash. She had her her. Um, she had Destiny's yeah. Child, writing on the wall. Uh, sorry, I'm doing this in the dark. Scissor, Scissor. Oh no, sorry, that's not that's not the name of the album, is it? Yeah, Control. control. Yeah, control. not Control. Uh, let me... Brilliant album. Brilliant album. Brilliant and album. then she had uh, Rihanna Loud, and then Usher Confessions. Um, oh, let me grab my phone because I've had a few people message in. So Usher Confessions is very popular. Yeah, Usher Winning Confessions tonight. is. It's on a lot of people. That was my list as yeah, well. Yeah, a lot yeah. of people have got Usher Confessions on, on their list. Um, Linty Graham had Snoop Dogg. Um, Doggy Star. Sorry, my phone has now decided to be real slow, Al. So let me... My is it bad that there. everyone likes... Is it really bad that everyone likes Confessions and can probably relate to that album? Do you know what I think... Do you know what I think it is? Uh, Danny, because I didn't. I said it was going for a breakup at the time. I just felt like clearly he had he had gone quiet for a while, 
And when he brought out Confessions, it was such a quality oh, body of work that everyone was like, oh my God, like this is great. Have you heard it? Have you heard it? And everyone was just passing it around. Everyone was listening to it. And I think I think he just, I think like a bit like Adele, he must have just gone quiet for a while. Yeah. And he just came out with, and that's arguably, yeah. you know, I, I'd have my way over Confessions personally. Skepta ain't dumped it yet, so nah, nah, for me, but... for me. <laughs> I think it was for Confessions. Yeah. Oh, nah, for me, Confessions just had club bangers, the slow jabs. It was a complete album for me. The complete album. Like, I think for yeah, Confessions at the time, no one had was really doing like storytelling albums. Yeah. I think that's what kind of yeah, made it like, like a good thing as not well. Not about quality. Not about quality anyway. Quality. Yeah. Do you know what? Do you know what's mad? Like, so the ones that didn't make my list are like best of ones. So I had, so I had like Stevie, Stevie Wonder's best hits, like Ubi Forty, Bob Marley, Biggie, Destiny's Child, Michael Jackson. None of us picked any of their albums for our top five. Don't worry, man. You haven't done our honourable mentions, man. Have you got um um Shardy, Have you got any other honourable mentions that didn't make the list? Uh, it was going to be Summer Walker that um, that almost made the list. Oh, yeah. And then it would have been um, Drake. Was it Nothing Was the Same? You know what? I'm upset. I'm upset that I didn't put Drake You're a woman after my own Drake was on my minimal mentions. You're a woman after my own How are we going to put away this? Nothing was the same. No such issue. Oasis Wonderwall is one of my favourite songs. Like, repping the Northern lot. Yeah, but other than that, and Craig David, another one, classic. But yeah. Well, I've got another another uh, person that em- emailed us in. Uh, so he hasn't put the artist. So I don't know which album this has come from, but he's got Legend. I don't know whose album that is off the top of my head. John Legend. No, it just says Legend. And then Watch the Throne, which I know yeah, but it might, is Jay Z, Kanye. Uh, Doggy Style, which is Snoop. Yeah. Thriller, which is uh, yeah. Michael Jackson. And then Labour of Love. I don't know whose album that is because he hasn't put the artist. Um, no. But then another person has put Nas, Illmatic, uh, uh, Tupac, All Eyes on Me, uh, the Fuji Legends Law, the Fuji Law album, and the controversial, yeah, the controversial one, uh, R. Kelly 12 play. But Oh, okay, then. You <laughs> no, no. I was going to say, so say R. Kelly did make really good music and albums, but, yeah, but I we can't, don't. I can't, can't put him in the top five now, man. I, 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 I have to delete, no. delete him from my yeah, top five. Yeah, he's um, I definitely can't. Gravy, did you have any honourable honorable mentions? I did. Um, I had uh, Kano. Kano's home first album was there. Home, home Sweet Home. Home Sweet Home, yeah. Drake's Drake's first three albums, all three. Um, and then Biggie Life After Death was my honourable mentions. Mm. What a guy. I'll, I'll give my honourable mentions because I, I wrote them down and I had to delete them to get to the five. So it's, it's a bit of a list. Um, so I already said Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. I had um, Tripod Quest, Love Movement. I had Snoop Dogg, Doggy Style. I had Q-Tip, The Renaissance. I had Usher Confessions. I had this one, Burn Me to Take It Out, because you'll know this, Gravy. I had Miguel, Kaleidoscope Dreams. That burned me to yeah, take that out. Album. That, for me, is... I just couldn't put it in yeah, you there. Pushed that, you pushed that album on me. That bro. was a hard one to get. Adorn is still massive. Kaleidoscope Dreams is a great album. Yeah, Adorn is, a, is our version of Marvin Gaye's <laughs> Destiny one. And then I had I had both of Travis Scott's first out al- first and second album. So you had Rodeo and Birds in a Trap sing Mac Knight. I had 
MJ, Dangerous, and similar to Sade, I had Drake, nothing was the same. And that was another one that I was struggling to put in instead of Take Care. And I just thought, if I put that in and not Take Care, then I'll be doing Drake a disservice. But nothing was the same. It's a, um, it's a great album. So, yeah. Well, I'm just letting you guys know that maybe by our December pod, I'm going to be doing album of the year. So get them right in now. Top five album of the year mm. this year. I already have a list of three albums already. So I'm saying I'm already ahead of the game. So you guys will really prepare, prepare for that one. But the Otto family, have got, we've got a party coming up. We've got a party coming up on the 29th and 30th. You can buy your tickets on Design My Night. It's £5. We are doing a carnival special weekend. We've taken over two adventure bars, Clapham Junction, Clapham High Street. Yours truly will be providing the music. We go from one till four. It's three hours of two for one cocktails, but you can have whatever you want. But we have cocktail special offers. And if you want to follow me on the Instagram, it is DJ underscore Golden Child. Don't forget to follow all our socials. Like and subscribe if you're watching this on the YouTube. And please give us a follow if you are following us on Apple Music, Google Podcast, or Spotify. And Al, we're still running a competition as well. So we still have a competition, a set of Set Surf stuff that we need to give away a goodie bag from Set Surf. So we'll put another question up in the comments, uh, in the show notes, sorry, and we'll select a winner when someone answers well, that I've question. I've got the question already, so you need to listen carefully. You need to go back and check it. What was the controversial R. Kelly album that had to be banned from the list? I heard it. Ow, you thought that was a good one. I heard it because it was... Um, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to comment on it. Um, it was a... Uh... It was an album. So, yes, if you know what that was, then post it on one of the socials, uh, email it to us, whatever. We pick it up. You win some set surf goodies. So all that's left is for me to thank the the team of the podcast. Thank you very much, Danny. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chris. Cheers, guys. Everybody give a big uh, round of applause for Sade on her debut. Well done, Sade. Thanks for letting me join. I ain't calling her back. No, That's no, fine. I don't want to come back. <laughs> it's been a great addition. And finally, as RB Leipzig have just taken the lead, 2-1. Oh, man, right, I've got a so lag. Big thank you. Big thank you to, um, to Gravy. Uh-oh. Peace. All right. Thanks for listening, everybody. Um, peace out. Boom. <laughs>